0: Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio, my name is Dan Johansson
1: And I'm Maureen Smith
0: And we have no guest Oh hi Mark
1: No, oh, Jesus Okay so ugh. So Daniel Finally discovered the movie The Room but
0: Not even, I haven't watched the movie I just have been watching the like Funniest clips from this movie on YouTube
1: It's legitimately shocking to me
0: Moody But you can pretty much see all of the movie
1: Except for the softcore porn right at the beginning.
0: Which I mean, like...
1: No big big deal. You're not missing anything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway.
1: I just remember being, like, 18 and in college and gathering with, you know, a large group of people to watch the room Mm. And just the intense discomfort of the fact that for the first forty-five minutes of any the room watching, you have to commit to pretty much watching porn with yeah. a bunch of people for forty-five minutes, yeah. And then it moves on to being. Ridiculous. But I've seen, so I've
0: seen a couple clips of the porn, and it's like weird, like like he's fucking her hip, yeah. Like the sex doesn't make any sense.
1: It it makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um. So anyway, you're tearing me apart, Lisa anyway all right let's move on uh how was your day
1: it was fine um i uh, my headphones are being weird um it's only one ear working no it's it's just kind of cutting in and out it's fine i'll
0: soldier on have you considered donating to scoppy radio <laughs> we have headphones that don't work <laughs> and cats we do have cats yep. um
1: so uh woke up what did we do this morning we had coffee
0: that's right. I make coffee. Uh,
1: yeah, and then I just, I don't even know what we did this morning. Mm. We went to, I went to work. Oh, I think I took a shower. Showering's great. Aren't showers grand? Yeah. Daniel told me that I smelled like chicken noodle soup and so I needed to take a shower. Is that too much information?
0: I don't know.
1: Uh, oh well.
0: So. <laughs> So, as far as what Scoppy's been up to, I know that one of the main kind of impetuses for us recording was that we wanted to kind of just like generally check in, because, you know, when was the last time we did that, for those of you that listen regularly? Um,
1: It's been a second. Yeah.
0: So, we are coming up on the end of July. We're coming up on the end of two months of these performances Mm -hmm. we're coming up to we're at like 630 likes on facebook which is amazing because we that's been like in the matter in a matter of like three months we went from like 200 to 600 or something like that um we're coming up on our 100th episode like in a couple episodes like i don't i don't know when it's going to be but it's going to be really soon um so that's really exciting yeah it's um it's a fun time for the scappy life and I also love that we've basically really, like, diversified over the last couple of weeks. We were talking about this, you and I. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I remember in an early episode, we were talking about how we don't really want to talk to... Like, for some reason, I was like... This is, like, a specific quote where I was like, it's not like we're going to talk to some random painter in California. And I'm like, let's talk to a painter in California. like. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that we've kind of like spread our wings and are talking to people that we never would have thought right we would be talking to
0: well i mean i'm just i'm hoping it's relatable you know i'm hoping that it's something that yeah you know i mean i i think as we when we first were doing this we made a point to every time we had kind of a different genre every time something was kind of different we like really kind of like held people's hands along the way but in the last month There hasn't been any of that. We've just kind of like thrown people into the deep end of like, okay, this is the podcast episode. It's immediately going to start with music that you have no idea what's going on, and like for you to know what's actually going on, you have to have a semblance of our performance schedule and kind of. And I think that's, I I think that's fine personally because I, I, for me,
1: wait, what are you talking about? So I'm talking about
0: just like, um, one of the one bits of feedback we've kind of gotten is just like, it's when you're first looking at it all it's hard to kind of know what's what it's something we addressed probably like a week or two where i was just like you just got to think about it like it breaks down to scoppy radio scoppy studio and scoppy sessions and so that's what the, the different episodes on the show on are of the show are and i'm realizing like looking back at it now is that really what i'm trying to create or what we're trying to create is like a way that you can kind of go through this list of things and be like oh, I want to catch that performance again. You know, I want to like, listen to that interview again. Like, there's so much that we're doing that, like, you should be able to go through the list of episodes and kind of pick and choose, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the hope. Like, it's it, It's great when people listen to all of the episodes, but I don't imagine that everyone's going to listen to all of the... It's 100 hours of material, you know?
1: That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah so besides that uh things that you should definitely check out i mean f- like fuck like the stuff that's ha- happened in the last week has been so interesting the daniel ray scott episode was really fun that was really cool he's like a like indie super indie singer songwriter and the episode we like recorded with him was interesting just in that like i mean there were other reasons why it was interesting but one of the main things was we like really kind of
1: honed the, format. Scoppy, studio yeah, the format. scoppy studio
0: format where we, we were able to kind of like do have him perform but then also interview him at the same time and it ended up all together being kind of kind of an hour and so it brought all of the best parts of scoppy radio into yeah yeah yeah
1: it was cool um and he's had an interesting life like he he was like born in south africa yeah and was there until he was like 15 and then i think his family moved to texas and i and I think his family still lives in Texas, but he lives here for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just he's he's had an interesting life, and his sound. And we talked about kind of like what makes something American. Yeah. Because his his music is Americana. Absolutely. Um. And and he talks a lot about what's happening in America right now, and um. But it's coming from the perspective of who of someone who has spent most of their life not in america yeah um and so we we kind of talked about like should we be thinking about things that are uniquely american or should we embrace the melting pot like is it does it do more harm than good to identify things that Mm are american or if we should just kind of like accept that we're a melting pot
0: yeah absolutely i mean I, i i think that's like definitely very interesting it's something we didn't really like delve too deeply to in the interview but it's something that i was just like
1: one thing that we talked yeah, about right,
0: right right but i think it's definitely an interesting kind of thought is like figuring out what is like made here you know like what is inherently american because there there are things that's what i was saying at the time yeah like, like weirdly like ives yeah <laughs> or like i don't know right into the show yeah. so that was fun yeah.
1: <laughs> don't write into the show don't tell us what's American.
0: Why not? If you huh. have thoughts, always write into the show.
1: Yeah, listen, participate.
0: Yeah, and that's share. the whole bit, right? Yeah. Um, so that was great. And then Tuesday night, what did we do last? Two? Uh, this is I've asked you this before.
1: Tuesday. noise bias.
0: Noise bias. That one was. We really had a
1: really cool. so unfortunately oh, yeah. for y'all Hope housekeeping. Yeah, unfortunately for y'all. Um, after the performance, we had I I conducted this really awesome interview. Not to like, I mean, I'm massively tooting my own horn here, but, um. Like we had a really great discussion um, but the audio wasn't good enough yeah. <laughs> so Nightcap is really loud and the space isn't the best for conducting in- interviews and in the past um, like the audio from the interviews at Nightcap haven't been the best and so we actually nipped that in the bud for this Tuesday's performance yeah. and we had Catherineette, who is performing tonight at Nightcap Since this will be, yeah, we're recording. It's currently Tuesday,
0: almost midnight. It's about to be midnight.
1: So tonight, um, at Nightcap Coffee Bar, you can check out Catherineette. They're kind of like an indie electronica. Mm Duo. Um, you can get
0: a taste of what they're up to either on our YouTube or on our Facebook page. We have all the videos up there. Yeah, um, we but did a little Scabby Studio. Yeah, the sound that they recorded on Sunday was this kind of like pop electronic kind of indie like song. Like Sylvan Esso, really inspired. cool though. Like it was yeah. great. Yeah.
1: Um, and it was the first time that we had experimented with like other people inputting audio into yeah. a recording. So like it was actually really funny. Part of me really wants to take the audio from just the cameras oh and and i mean i'm not going to but it was just for the first they did a dry run and i didn't have headphones on and it was really funny because it was like um hit the um cody hitting like a synth drum which is just like plastic or like rubber and plastic with drumsticks and so it was just kind of like dull thuds and then like and then Michaela just, like, singing her heart out to seemingly nothing. Yeah. It was um, weird. But then I got headphones, and now I was like, oh, no, this is cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely a thing to have headphones for. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to do that live. I'm also excited because it means I, like, feel comfortable with the idea of, like, recording instruments. Like, a line-in instrument into a recording thing.
1: Which is c- becoming increasingly common,
0: and, well, for us especially, as we, as we kind of get out of this, because, you know, we've lived in such a acoustic musical space, coming from opera, coming from classical music, that, mm-hmm. that being able to, like, line in a fucking electronic mixer, that's super cool. Yeah. That's, like, so something I wouldn't normally do. Um yeah yeah um so that's cool but they're
1: they're also gonna be um showing a piece so you can you can get a taste of their you can listen to their ep on scoppy sessions and also at their band camp but they're going to be starting the show with this kind of like more academic electronic piece
0: three art songs yeah for soprano and
1: it's it's like x something flexible media
0: oh yeah but it's it's the, Soprano flexible and Flexible Media, and I think it's like X... I don't know the title. I don't it, want to it, butcher it, it's but it's X really... It's
1: X-something, um, but I'm really excited to hear it. It's an incentive for y'all to come out. If you're fans of new music, which I know some of you are...
0: Yeah, absolutely. You should
1: absolutely come check it out. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, but really, anyway, 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 oh, anyway, sorry. anyway. So the audio from Noise Bias interview was not good enough, and so we didn't want to put it out. But to kind of recap... We talked, I I kind of, with them, broke down their identity and discussed that. Um, I talked about, like, their color scheme um, and how they, the the colors that they use are, like, black, white, and gray, and one of their, one of their, um, one of the things that they go by is that they are all female identifying, and so... By using black, white, and gray, they kind of like break out of the binary, which is yeah. in- important. Um, we also talked about um, the other major thing that we talked about was discomfort in art. Um, I've, I've posed that question to a couple of people over a few interviews of talking about discomfort in art. Um, and um, a lot of the people that I've posed it to have kind of shied away from embracing the fact mm. that... Oh, sorry. Um, embracing the fact that there is merit to discomfort in art. But what was cool is that noise bias was like, absolutely. Um, and kind of like shrugging off um, accessibility in the in the most traditional sense. Yeah. And being like, no, some of the stuff that we're going to do is going to make you uncomfortable. And that is intentional. And we talked about like, the fact that they're all female identifying and how having a female identity sometimes is uncomfortable, whether it's physical discomfort or like societal discomfort, um, which was really cool. It was a really wonderful conversation. Um, we're going to have to have them back on and basically just kind of like back. I don't even know if we can replicate it. It was a really mm-hmm. good one. But, um, if you have any thoughts on discomfort, I guess, because it's, it's a topic that I'm really interested in because, um, and this is something that we talk about a fair amount is, it's one of our like go-to questions. It's like, what does accessibility mean to you? Um, which I think that accessibility and like getting butts in seats and making things, you know, accessible to an audience and not too heady, blah, blah, blah. I I think it's important because it's how you're going to get people to come to your show it's how you're going to build an audience but at the same time um it's like it's like uh, discomfort expands the art form yeah um it's um
0: artistically i mean well i mean that's the thing is like maybe expanding something artistically is not inherently accessible
1: and that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like it. It's like in fitness. Like um, when the, the way that you build. Oh shit! The way that you build muscle is by going one step further than you're able. Is like pushing yourself, and so there's discomfort in that. Just as there should be discomfort in art. That's my opinion, anyway. And if you, um disagree with me or like righteously agree with me I want to hear about it because that is something that is a conversation that I am jonesing to have with everybody
0: yeah I think the only other other highlight was DIY Fest DIY which was Fest really was cool. so cool yeah we're talking about trying to set up that, that monthly I, I don't think we'll do it for September or we're artist. probably going to cover a <laughs> DIY other DIY festival for, festival for September so that we basically don't have to do any of the producing, but we can you know I'm get so the same out on content. Producing. I know, it's it's a lot. It's fun though, but it's a lot. It's just I think it would be less difficult if we weren't also like poor artists, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like you know.
0: Not that I don't not that I want to be rich or anything. But you know, like
1: I wouldn't mind being rich.
0: I mean yeah. But also like <sighs> I'd be cool with 40k, you know.
1: Oh yeah. You know? Each or total? Total.
0: What? No, each. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was gonna be like, what? Anyway. That's what we're pulling in now. <laughs> 40 total.
0: I don't think we're making 40 total. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, um, okay. So there's that. Uh, what else was I gonna say? Oh, DIY fest just. Check that out on YouTube, and so we've been uploading everything to YouTube too, and there are really on a lot of views on there. So if you do go on YouTube, you know, start a video and you don't have to watch it. Just you know, oh, make that's it the
1: saddest thing I've ever heard. Watch the damn video. <laughs> watch it. Come on.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just cause have
1: have some self respect.
0: No, it's I I have no. It's not really a thing that is that um disconcerting to me. The problem is, is with YouTube is that we upload everything to facebook as well and so many people interact with us on facebook specifically that there's no point to link so i don't really link our youtube anywhere i've like done so social media update stuff um i set up our twitter um i mean uh, our tumblr account so if you use tumblr and if that's a feed that you monitor uh, you can find us under scoppy mag Uh, on tumblr as well so i'll also plug that at the end of the show every every episode too Uh, because we'll be posting all of our the youtube videos and all of our podcast episodes and we'll also be you know retweeting all of our tweets over to the tumblr and just kind of keeping in touch there too i like that as a um as a communication tool too i think that tumblr weirdly has that has the like nicest people of the twitter atmosphere but the also like you can message almost anybody on tumblr the same way that you can message almost anybody on twitter
1: i haven't been to our tumblr
0: oh i mean it's not anything special it's just like tumblr itself is a very cool experience but um i only set the tumblr up like two days ago so Uh. um yeah is it a good one i mean it's just you know it's interesting i mean we've gotten a few people that like stuff Really? Yeah, I mean, I've been. I know how to like. I put on tags and stuff, and so I'm trying to get it like noticed on Tumblr too. Because there's a probably like there's a lot of like new music people and stuff too that like Tumblr specifically. Mm, Because you can kind of cater and like um, curate rather your feed a lot better on Tumblr than you can anywhere else. Because it's not about people that you know. Like I don't think anybody knows anybody i mean there are people that know people that know like are friends with people i'm on tumblr a lot and i don't know anyone in real life that i follow on tumblr and that's like a a product of the design of the site partially and also like a lot of people use it that way yeah um okay cool uh do you want to talk about current events or was there something that you wanted to cover i remember there was one thing you wanted to talk about
1: oh yeah but we're not like prepared to talk about it i wanted to talk about food waste just cuz I'm my gears are ground from working in food service.
0: Well, and so are, is there are there aspects of food food waste specifically at like as a person working in food like when you learn when you get food training, do you do they cover food waste?
1: N- no. <laughs> oh. Um there's an aspect like in food service it's really hard to strike the right balance of ordering enough food but not ordering too much yeah um like it's almost better to order too much Mm -hmm. so that way like you know in their mind worst case scenario you throw shit away but it's so it's so it's it's actually surprising like how difficult it is to donate food from a restaurant because like there have been times i used to work like i've i've worked in food service like my entire adult life starting from like age 18 until now um and it's shocking to me how much food in that nine years i have i have thrown away and i've it, it makes me sick every time i do it i worked at a bakery once in a grocery store where i would throw away like, three trash bags every night of donuts, and it was the worst, and, like, I tried, like, I would, I would, like, panic and, like, eat three donuts, and I gained a bunch of weight from it, because, like, I was just, like, eating, because I was, like, I can't believe I have to throw these away. I guess I'll eat them, and, but, like, it's, it sucks, and I, I wish that there, there there are companies out there who are working to make it easier for, Businesses to donate food, um, but they're like all sil- Silicon Valley startups.
0: Kind of like this conscious capitalism movement thing.
1: Yeah, I like mean
0: working inside of that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think that conscious capitalism, at least in the way that that you're viewing it, has a really negative connotation. I think that when it comes to an internet startup trying to help combat food waste. Mm-hmm. I think that we're that it's a, a bit more conscious mm. than it is capitalism you know what i mean yeah um but no it's just something that really bothers me and i i like wanna i watched this really enlightening like vox video about it and it's just like ever since then i'm really
0: the old vox explainer. yeah i love those
1: it was like i don't know i'm i'm just
0: they're way better than like as far as like a guilty pleasure YouTube making a cue thing. Mm-hmm. They're way better to me than like BuzzFeed videos.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, they it's journalism. They like cite sources. Yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> it's it's visual journalism. It's not
0: like a listicle in video form.
1: It's not a it's not a think piece either. It's yeah. an actual article, but a video.
0: Um did you see...
1: What are your thoughts on food waste? Do you have any?
0: I, uh, I don't have enough. No, I don't really. Um, I mean, like, I always try and, like, finish my plate, but, like, <laughs> that's about it. I mean, like, I also... but Daniel I also
1: Johansson, don't... clean plate club.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, I, like, generally try to implement... But my my... The way that I live is very different than, like, what... I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I, like i'm constantly trying to repurpose food items and stuff like that like i i work really hard to not keep things left over and like you know i don't know um did you hear about well because they're voting on the health care bill tomorrow apparently Mm -hmm. did you hear that john mccain is going to leave the hospital early so that he can vote
1: yeah i did hear that
0: yeah he's he's specifically doing that too so that he can vote to take away health care
1: we don't know that for sure. He's
0: there, so here's the what I my understanding of John McCain. A lot of people want to say that he's got this like maverick kind of moderate quality, that he can like appeal to the Democratic Party, but from like, I should really have looked up evidence. I didn't know I was going to get into this whole talk- conversation, but like, there's just
1: if you don't have evidence, I wouldn't.
0: Well, I mean, I I know this to be true. Is that he like
1: votes the party line
0: yeah he absolutely votes the party line like like okay so i have
1: wait a minute so i need to interrupt you for a second and just let you let everybody know that in exactly six months it'll be christmas yeah
0: nice
1: i love christmas
0: nice do you love Um, christmas yeah of course i love christmas my birthday is like a week before so it's really easy to, um, for me to love it. Yeah. No. So I looked it up. <laughs> uh, I looked up an article on HuffPo, which I'm not like a huge, huge HuffPo fan, but they're not terrible. Um, and there was a study done based on congressman's maverickness where they devised a maverick score based on how they voted on party issues. Mm-hmm. And John McCain is like bottom of the line, meaning basically no maverickness since 2008 when he was running for president but since then he's voted party lines
1: pre-2008 was he a maverick no really
0: nope he did it just so that he he just like kind of shook it up a little bit just to um get some votes from the democrats
1: when did they start their like tallying votes 2000 really
0: yep wow no he just had that reputation because like of the election that's that's all that it was and so it's not if you really want to talk about, like, who's really shaking up the Republican Party, and, like, you know, I, I like, want to make that jerk off. Because, like, what is shaking up the Republican Party? It's Rand Paul. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Rand Paul's a fucking idiot. But, like, he's the, like, libertarian. Well, he's the one that, one of the people that kind of held up the healthcare vote, vote in that he, we didn't gut the entire concept of, of a, like, publicly funded healthcare at all. Yeah. Which is like, all right, <laughs> thanks, Thanks, buddy. Well, um,
1: I mean, but still, thanks.
0: yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I like am not big on the I mean, there's a level of, of course, like cancer' terrible, and he's human, and he deserves like respect and care, and like, you know, all all people are. Human, like, human and don't deserve to go through that kind of a thing?
1: Well, so, the type of c- brain cancer that John McCain has is the same type of brain cancer my dad had. And I know that the prognosis for that type of brain cancer is, like, nine months. So, he's gonna die, like, really soon, honestly. I mean, yeah, but... Um, I would... I'm gonna be really upset if he leaves the hospital having just received a death sentence yeah only to like vote vote health care out of the lives of 32 million people i mean
0: obviously we obviously we know nothing it's tomorrow but i mean
1: is it tomorrow yeah or today i guess
0: yeah yeah so we'll see <sighs> um maybe some of you already know maybe they did it that early who knows um, but, you know, I, I think it's really important to actually look at the records of these people. I'm trying to make a point to actually keep an eye on what, what gets voted on. I have, like, an app on my phone now that tells me when, what the House and what the Senate's voting on. Because, you know, that's where the legislation's made, I guess.
1: We'll end with 2018
0: coming yeah.
1: up, coming around the bend.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens, man. I don't know. I mean, like, I am both excited at the prospect of like campaigning against this camp campaigning against this Republican party and like slowly losing faith in the Democratic establishment in the like things that they they're tr- like trying to use as slogans the like possible slogans I keep seeing from them like the one that was like oh what was the first one that was really bad? Well, the one that was most recent. Oh, the first one that they did was at least we're not the other guys. Where no, it's like,
1: no, it wasn't. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was their like first kind of like template. Oh, maybe this could be our slogan for the twenty eighteen election. Oh god! And it's like, wh- what? There's no issue based politics to this. Isn't
1: it the better deal now? A better deal?
0: No, it's that's Amia Pawar's, which she actually seems like a really great. Uh, Potential governor candidate, but the one now is better skills, better jobs, better. Ooh, I don't, let me look this actually up. Let me actually make sure I look this up. But it, I know for a I know for a fact it starts with better skills, which is um, not my favorite thing in in the world.
1: Well, th- that to me says is like pretty elitist.
0: Well, it also it also implies this like uh, better skills, better jobs, better wages, and when you start with something like better skills, what you're implying is is that the people that are that are working now are dumb, <laughs> like they don't have the skills to be making more money. Do you know what I mean? Like where it's like, oh, you know, like all these people that are working minimum wage jobs. They just just need need more education. Yeah. And it's like, no, the, like, there's a giant check chunk of, I don't know the percentages. If you do, please write in. But, like, there's a giant chunk of the workforce that has, like, extreme skills. Like, there are so many people that are graduating from college and are just working minimum wage jobs. Well,
1: and case in point, me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, up until, you know, three weeks ago when I, I, like, now I'm a, Now I'm, like, in management at the cafe I work at, and so I'm making above minimum wage. But this is the first time that I've worked in food service that I've been making above minimum wage. Yeah. And I can tell you that it's really hard work. (laughs) And, um, like, people in minimum wage food service jobs Mm -hmm. should be making more than minimum wage because... The restaurant industry and food service and, like, all of these, like, quote-unquote lower-tier jobs, someone has to do them. And just because there are people who are in the position to do them, whether it be through circumstance where it's, like, their only option or if they're, like, really passionate about it, like, why does that make it – like, why are you not then entitled to – making a living wage. Mm-hmm. I when I I in my food service job as a barista, you, you know, in Wicker Park where half the people who come in are like living in condos and stuff and who are lawyers and you know, marketing mm-hmm. assistants and stuff like that, like I you know, we're the, we're the same age and like just because like, you know, just because I I'm on my feet and preparing their food like i'm not saying that i need to be making 80 a year doing it but Mm -hmm. i mean shouldn't i be above the poverty line at least
0: absolutely
1: and if that was a weird
0: so i've been watching the west wing and that was a weird thing that pissed me off about the west wing was there was like like an an episode arc then they were talking about the poverty line and they were talking about how because it's an election year or something like that they were like oh well we don't want to um use the proper math for the for the poverty line because four million Americans will be like claimed
1: for four new pover- like, four more
0: poor basically.
1: yeah they'll wake up after that announcement they'll wake up poor and it's like they're poor yeah they're currently poor yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and I think it um it really speaks to me so for me 2018 is gonna come. And of course, I'm going to vote Democrat. Short of a short of some miracle happening, and a viable third party option is there, where I, we actually feel like they're going to get like a uh, a backing and something like that could happen. Um, but I mean, as far as I mean, as far as my district is concerned, like our district is concerned, like our state representatives are extremely progressive. So I mean, except for Dick Durbin, like he's kind of milk toast, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so my point is, is like, of course, I'm going to vote Democrats for the 2018 election because i'm in illinois which is a generally like especially in chicago when your representatives end up being these like people that are living in a city um but the democratic establishment is so like missing the mark with what the lower like lower income people want out of a of a party platform and so is the republican party frankly and but i mean at least the rhetoric, to some extent, in the Republican Party. I mean, of course, I don't back the Republican Party. Like they, they say one thing, and then it's like, let's gut their Medicare. Um, but, but like at least they're like thinking about the fact that I mean Medi- they're thinking about the Medicaid, poor.
1: Yeah, right. Sorry. I yeah. Do you want to know the the um, mnemonic device? Yeah. That I learned in high school. What's that? Medicaid is when you're not getting paid. Medicare is when you lose your hair. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And I, like, every single time I talk about Medicaid versus Medicare, I'm like, Medicaid, not get paid. Yeah, and I should be on Medicaid or so, you know whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Who? Yeah. Um, so the, the things we learn. So this actually <laughs> sets up a really nice transition to the other thing I really, other, like, kind of current event issue I really want to talk about, which is, so I'm calling this next segment, Daniel on a whim at 11 p.m., makes up a facebook political um movement and so there's two of them that we've now talked about that we like are like um relevant to what we're talking about the first is like a facebook event that i made about that election day should be a national holiday Mm -hmm. because if you're not going to vote in 2018 vote (laughs) like i don't know if you're listening to this show make sure you're registered like yesterday like, let's... We need to show the fuck up this year. And, I mean, it's not as big of a deal in Illinois, but it is to some extent. But especially if you have relatives, if you just make sure that you reach out to, like, two relatives and get them registered and slightly aware of what their representatives actually want, um, you'll have made a difference, I think. Because all of us have relatives that are out of town and, and are in these kind of, like, more... Um, uh, what am I saying? Like, um, toss up states and stuff like that. And like, that's who we need to be making sure we're reaching as, as people that are progressive city folk, you know, there needs to be that kind of like outreach and, and, and finding people that, you know, are just don't agree with us. Not to make, not to like be like, Oh, we're going to, civilize them or something i don't think that at all i think it's more of just like let's have the conversation you know like let's respect other people and hear what they have to say hear what their problems are and really address them and i think that we really need more of that i think there are movements too for like phone banking in those cases like wisconsin's right around the corner and like it's it's a political mess we've had like some of the most republican elites come out of wisconsin now like um paul ryan and scott walker and um there's a third one isn't there from wisconsin major figures in the republican party
1: um well um sensenbrenner was one of the authors of the patriot act back in Ah, the day he's the representative from wauwatosa actually oh good he's a piece of shit Nailed it. He's
0: a piece of shit. Um, so anyway, Jim Sensor
1: Brenner. I can. I know. it was like. I was like John. Joe.
0: The other Jim. thing I'm really excited about, being uh, a bunch of urbanites, is the idea of land value tax, mm-hmm. which is something that we've that Maureen and I have been talking about and kind of like figuring out where we both stand about it. Because I know for for so preface, like, and this is um, well, how am I setting this up? So there was a podcast episode that came out recently from Radio Dispatch, which is a, a podcast I like to listen to um kind of a leftist uh podcast and they had they have this guy on weekly every friday named Jesse Myers and I've mentioned him on the show once um and he's a socialist and he is a um, big proponent of the land value tax and talks about it he's talked about it a couple of times we've talked about it on the show after I heard him talk about it <laughs> so um I'm I want to bring it up again because what they did is they basically explained it pretty extensively um and you know my so this is the preface i was going to say my stance is pretty similar to his and that i think that land is something that you can't possess and you can't own i think it's something that some providence provided for us and and we have as much right to it i have as much right to land as anyone else and and in that way like possession of land there is some theft involved and and when we talked about maureen and i talked about this i don't think that maureen is like particularly like well you should speak for yourself yeah
1: i uh disagree i think that land is something that can be owned um i think that it's yeah i think that land can be owned
0: (laughs) well and so we were talking about it you and i and we kind of so the thing that i think that he sets up really well about it is the difference between what is land value and what is land uh what is capital to on a piece of land so like let's say you're like a real estate investor and you're like gonna buy a building when you look at the building the capital is specifically the building itself the the woodworking the Metalwork, the electricity, the plumbing, right? The, yeah, the um, how clean it is, right. you know that that is all. Those are all contribute contributors to the value of the building. But specifically, where the land is, like being in in Times Square versus being in the like geographic center of Antarctica, is, is a. Those are completely different land values. Mm-hmm. And so that is something I think that you know. I mean, Moran and I being from different like having a difference of opinions can agree that that is that is a truth of of the world we're living in and that we have this something that people don't break down enough is this idea of land value versus the what has been built there mm-hmm. um yeah and the other thing that is he kind of makes the point about and please listen to the actual episode because I'm, I'm not i'm just going to kind of give a cliff notes to kind of set up what we're talking about um.
1: Quit burping.
0: I'm sorry. I had the ginger thing. Burping. You can't. If you hadn't said anything, you can't ever hear it.
1: Well, I ratted you out.
0: All right. Well, anyway. Um. <laughs> what was the next part I was going to say about? Probably. You're going to give cliff notes. Yeah, no, just about. There was just one other aspect that I really wanted to talk about before I said what.
1: Before you burped.
0: Yeah. Um. Basically what really so for you maureen what do you think makes a location more valuable than another location
1: uh should i speak from my newfound perspective from our conversation or I, I mean,
0: this isn't working i'm not trying to force the like I, I mean i you i want you to like whatever you want to say i don't care
1: uh i think that what makes land valuable what makes a location valuable is the area surrounding it i mean um 10 square feet of you know grass in the middle of indiana is not going to be as ideal as 10 square feet of grass in andersonville for instance um and that has to do with the fact that In the middle of indiana in the distance you'll see a mega church and perhaps like a like a chick-fil-a and that'll be it but in from your 10 square feet in andersonville you're gonna see a little vietnam you're gonna see clark street you're gonna see a like a fashionable man walking a pug like it's all you know, it it has to do with the community right. that is built up around your ten square feet of grass.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the idea of a land value tax is is like really um, uh, reliant on land that is very valuable. Because like, when you live in a place like Chicago or New York City or San Francisco or LA or any of these major cities where um, most people are renting, um, you have a lot of landlords that own the land and then rent it. Um, and so that kind of throws a wrench into the whole idea of ownership and, and um, being a renter and all those things.
1: Well, what struck me as interesting if you don't mind me interrupting no, you it. is that as someone who thinks that land can be owned what struck me as interesting was the idea that what makes a community and i'm stealing like the punchline you yeah, know of this it. from you um what makes a an area valuable what makes land valuable are the is the community that is built around that land. Right. And in places like Chicago, for instance, more people in Chicago rent than they do own. Right. And so what what you have are communities built entirely by people who rent. Mhm. And these people are not reaping the benefits of that community that they've built the people who are reaping the benefits of the community are the landlords who then get to raise rent Mm -hmm. yeah because of the renters who made the community what it is what it is
0: absolutely and like it's it's things like being able to fund into a, a good public education, mm-hmm. being able to fund into some kind of a public transit system, these things that are publicly funded, or like good hospitals, good healthcare, that's something that's a not not for profit sector, and even to some extent, you are talk like private businesses. The reason that they do well or not do well has more to do with the community that that propagates it and things like that. Um,
1: yeah, and so what they were say- what Jesse Meyerson was saying, that would be like the benefit of a land value tax is that it would be a way for landlords to give back to their renters in that they would be taxed more based on the fact that their community of renters has made their property more valuable. And in exchange, they are giving back to the infrastructure of that community in order to make it better. Whether it's like through, you know, A basic income or improved public transportation Mm -hmm. or less crappy roads or, you know, not broken sidewalks, more trees, you know.
0: And that's reliant on the on the on the realization that um, I mean, and I'm not saying this, but you could even tax um, land at 100 percent of its value in theory and a landowner could still in a capitalist system make a profit off of it if they're Mm. no they are if they were were working on the building on the capital if they were improving it if the if the value of what you were renting from had more to do with how clean the apartment is how um good the plumbing is like how i mean there are better examples like how not shitty of a landlord they are how responsive um maintenance is how much damage you know what i mean like that is actually what you could then value your while at the same time, like what the like the land the income that the city would get from um the land value tax could set up a universal basic income for the city. It could set up health care, universal health care of some kind. Like that is a very real and those systems even at a city wide level are we have publicly funded hospitals in the city. Like there is one or one or two. Um uh yeah, and I mean that's something that I think is really cool. So, the other thing that I s- did on Facebook, which is I know this is silly, but to to like be can, like,
1: can I disagree with you on something?
0: Yeah. No. No, go for it. What were you? I say? can't. No, what were you gonna say? I just am uh, worried about time, but yeah. Well. No, but then you should people be should
1: stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't think I don't think that landlords should be taxed hundred percent.
0: No, I wasn't making the case for that. Okay. I just my, my I wasn't specifically saying that, like, landlords should be taxed 100%. I'm just saying that, like, even if you took it to that extreme.
1: Uh, Well, didn't Jesse... My- Jeff- Jesse Meyerson made the point of saying that if they were taxed 100%, they would not turn a profit. He said that they would, like, wither under that. I listened to it literally this morning.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, listen to the podcast. Tell us what you think if they would wither and die or if I'm my thinking is partly correct. I, I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Um, I
1: know you're wrong. So, so. 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 So email in and tell Daniel how wrong he is.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much. The I think the best way <laughs> that you can potentially do that is. So I made a Facebook group. It's called Renters Union. Chicago Renters Union. Um, I'm not planning on inviting people to it right away unless you like hear us talking about this and you're like daniel invite people to it because i don't want to force like this like socialist agenda on anyone
1: hey daniel you should invite people to
0: it all right well uh, in the meantime in the meantime look up chicago renters union we link to the podcast episode we're talking about there and i I just like it as an idea for it because i looked it up and there's it doesn't exist this like a space for people that rent in a place like chicago did you, I'm,
1: did you make the point of why that it, it's necessary or are you about to the renters union
0: i was just gonna say there's no space for dialogue between people that are renting like because it's it's even a space for people to like Warn about a shitty landlord, or like talk about landlord practices. Well,
1: no, I think I think that this is an important point. The reason why a Chicago renters union or a renters union in general is so important is that in cities like Chicago, in cities like New York, or in San Francisco, or cities where where there are more renters than people who own land, that. The only way that something like a land value tax is going to happen, it's not going to be the landlords who are pushing for something like this. It's going to be the renters. And what needs to happen is that renters need to organize. Absolutely. Renters need to organize and they need to enact change. We have seen time and time again that organizing an action by the public makes a difference. And so in this case where renters voices aren't being heard Mm -hmm. and their needs are not being met and they're being taken advantage of and the communities that they're building and the beautiful like lives that they're building for themselves. They're not reaping the benefits of that. It's, it's the weird guy that you only text with (laughs) who you write big checks to once a month who you've never actually met. It's that dude who is benefiting from the fact that
0: your community is awesome
1: yeah exactly and so we need to change that and so renters need to organize which is what led daniel to starting chicago renters union
0: so check that out search it up on facebook groups uh if we, we get
1: enough people we're gonna get like
0: set up something
1: set something up
0: but in the meantime it'll just hang out which I'm, i love that kind of stuff um otherwise we should close i think that was really well said thank you for that. Mel.
1: i'm very eloquent
0: yeah um. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson.
1: I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you
0: want to keep up with what we're up to, oh boy, are there so many ways that you can do that. Um, you can head over to Facebook, Scoppy Magazine. Uh, we keep all of our podcasts. We post them there. Uh, also, all of the upcoming events are there as well. Um, I'll do them quick tonight. Uh, Tuesday night, we are going to be at Nightcap Coffee Bar with Catherine. We already talked about that a bit. Thursday night, we're going to be over at Emerald City Coffee for "Hearing in Color," uh, voices of Black Lives, past, present, and future.
1: It's a it's a spin on people saying that they don't see color, mm-hmm. um, and so it's hearing in color. Yeah, which I think is very clever.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So that is Thursday night. Uh, Cameron Locke, Tracy Davis, and Larab Payton will be singing works by black composers. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, otherwise, you can keep up with us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle on all of those social media places is Mag, scopimag, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G, scopimag.com. That's our website.
1: Uh, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Um, everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So I I am endlessly appreciative. So is Daniel. So are the cats. Um, and I just want to say that, like, we were talking earlier tonight about how fulfilling this whole project is and if we could just spend our days working on this how incredible it would be Mm -hmm. but right now we can't um i'm throwing food away in wicker park (laughs) and uh daniel is figuring out what his move next move is going to be sorry um so yeah,
0: if anyone n- didn't know, I've been unemployed for like a week or two. Well, I went on vacation for a week, so like I don't I I saved up money um I'm to like before that happened, so we went on a trip um and now I'm looking for work and I'm I'm looking for something like part-time, so if you know anything, let me know. Yeah. Um yeah. But
1: anyway, um eventually we would love to make this our lives. We would love to be able to, we, we would love this to be our job. So uh, we can't do that without your help. Um, we're, we're looking into grants. We're looking into outside sources. But in the meantime, we would love to be funded by people that we love and care about. And it's really easy for you to do that. You can head to our website, scopymag.com You can become a monthly donor for as little as $5 a month. Uh, Right now, if you become a donor before August 1st, you're going to be entered in to win a copy of Ross Crean's The Great God Pan, uh, which is um, an opera that he wrote. Um, It features a lot of amazing, amazing Chicago talent. Um, It is an exploration of Um, overt sexuality and morality and should we be demonizing those who are overtly sexual or should we just like leave them alone and let them live their best kinky lives or um it's dark it's queer it's really it's it's really something else I um I was a part of it and it was um a a phenomenal experience that i wouldn't trade for anything and and you can be a part of that experience too if you become a uh monthly donor to scoppy mag for as little as five dollars a month so head to our website um give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share
0: cool thank you all so much for listening go out and make something
1: yep yep yep